the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Why are you persecuting me in Acts chapter 9? He says me because when you mess with the church, you mess with God. Because we are the church. We are the living church. So, so God is revealed in his church. And you, and you ought to come to church because Jesus established the church. The church is the bride of Christ. And if you are his bride, you want to hang around the church. Amen. Number six, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, who is God, you must reject and go to, in order to go to hell. You have to resist the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is prompting you now saying, listen to the word of God. Uh, hear the word of God. Receive the word of God. The spirit of God is prompting many of your hearts right now. John chapter 6 verse 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It is the Holy Ghost that mess with you and move with you and move in you and prompts you to move toward God. You have to resist the Holy Ghost prompting you in order to go to hell. You know what else? If you're going to go to hell, then just resist the preacher. Just don't, don't like the preacher. I don't like what he say. There he go again, stepping all over my feet. Uh, he, he didn't have to say that. Wait a minute. I, listen, I'm not here to get your approval. <laughs> I want my approval from God. Won't you say amen? amen. You know, a lot of folks don't like preachers. They don't like them. I mean, you when the name of preachers come up, they get real negative. Now, mind you, some preachers have given uh, us a negative name. <laughs> but you can't lump us all in the same boat. You know, because you got a few bad teachers, you don't say all teachers are bad. Few bad lawyers, you don't say all lawyers are bad. Am I right about it? I mean, a few bad doctors, you 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 say, well, I'm not going, I'm not ever going to a doctor because that doctor in California went bad. No, you're gonna carry yourself on to a doctor. <laughs> Listen, God, you you need a preacher. Church, some churches don't like preachers. That's why they don't keep them long. I mean, they just change out, change out, in and out, in and out. You know why? Because they like being in control, and they don't know what they're doing. Let me tell you something. Look at the, the, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14 is profound. The book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Listen to this. And how shall they hear without a 
preacher. <laughs> Without a preacher. Without a preacher. It's right there. They got, you have to resist. I heard that preacher, but I don't like him. I heard that preacher. <laughs> He's not loving enough. Uh, he needs to water it down some. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. You need some spiritual castor oil to flush all that sinful debris out of you. Number eight, you know what you got to reject to go to hell? The witness of the saints who testified about Christ on earth. You have to reject the witness of the saints. It's your witness, the witness of children, the, the witness of the saints. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you shall receive power when, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. Every time somebody tell you about Jesus, you are responsible. That's why you ought to open your mouth talking about Jesus. You ought not be talking about the cowboys and the spurs and the economy and Fanny Mae, Franny Mac, Fanny Zack, Fanny Gack. You ought to be talking about Jesus. Somebody talk about the economy, you talk about Jesus. Somebody talk about cowboys, Jesus. Weather, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus noonday. Jesus at night. Midnight. Wake up with Jesus. Woke up with the mind. Stay on Jesus. Saying hallelujah. Why don't you say hallelujah? We need some old Jesus in our mouths. Because let me tell you something. All those folk around you, and you not telling them about Jesus, their blood is going to be on your head. I mean, you've been around them, and they don't know you've been a Christian for 20 years. You don't open your mouth about Jesus. You better start talking about Jesus, and you ought not let a day go without saying Jesus. Oh, oh yeah, hell is real. Uh, what is hell like? I want to tell you what hell is like. And it's found, here's a parable found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Y'all hanging with me? Luke chapter 19, verses 16 through 31, and it tells you what hell is like. It says, there was a certain man, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at the gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and being in torment in Hades. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I don't know what good that would do, a little tip on the tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Hell is hot, y'all. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is confident and you are tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send me to my father's house. For I have five brothers that, that, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Now he's concerned about evangelism. And some of y'all can't knock on doors right now. Verse 29, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
And he said, no, 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 Father Abraham. But if one, uh, uh, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Now, now he's talking about repentance. But he said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. The one rise from the dead. Oh, let me tell you something about hell. You say, you might scare the hell out of me. Good. So you won't go there. <laughs> Let me tell you something about hell. So you get right with God. Number one, first you have to die to go to hell. You got to, you know, well, I had a vision I was in hell. No, you, you, that's a vision. I mean, you're not really in hell till you die. You have to die to go to hell because verse 22 of that parable says, so it was that the beggar died, see, and was carried by the angels. He went to heaven. You die to go to heaven and you also die to go to hell. Now, everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Now, if you're going to get to heaven, you got to what? Say it. That, say it. Y'all don't even say that. You don't even like the word. Say will. will. You want, you, you, I ain't. I don't talk about no will. <laughs> will die. <laughs> will die, so get your will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to die to go to heaven because flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. You, gotta be, you can't take all that glory in heaven, not in this body. You got to die. But also you got to die to go to hell. You got to die because the rich man also died and was buried. Our earthly trials are not hell. Some of y'all say, I'm going through hell. You're not going through hell. They may be bad, but are no comparison to hell itself. Beloved, absolutely nothing you have done uh, can be compared with reality of hell. And the worst thing you can tell anybody is go to hell. Did you hear what I said? Well, you tell somebody to go to, you go to hell. That's the worst, absolutely despicable, most worst thing that you can tell anybody is to go to hell. And especially a believer. Especially a believer. And, and so you, you have to, first of all, you have to die to go to hell. Number two, hell is a real place. Verse 23, and being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. It was a real place. Number three, hell is a place of unquenchable fire. It's hot down there. Matthew 3, 12 says, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barns. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Hell is real. Number four, hell is a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. It is a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's that miserable down there. You say, I don't have any teeth now, but you will when you get to hell. You won't have to take them out. Matthew 13, 42 says, and we'll cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Number five, hell is a place of thirst. It's no gator aid there. It's no Ozarka there. There's no reverse osmosis there. Uh, uh, hell is a place of, of thirst. Luke 16, 24 says, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. I just want to drop on my tongue. It's hot down here, but Gideade will not come. Water will not come. Thirst unquenched. Number six, hell is a place of perpetual memory and remorse. 
It is a place of perpetual memory and remorse. For in Luke 16, 25a, it says, but Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. In other words, Lazarus had it hard. You had it easy. Now you have it worse. And now he has it easy. Place of perpetual. He said, but look at that word. Remember. Underline that word. Remember. But Abraham said, son, remember. You know what? When you go to hell, you don't lose your memory. You don't lose your memory. And if you got Alzheimer's, you're going to get it all back. Or, or, or you're going to get it all back. God's going to see to it. You're going to get everything back. Oh, you're going to remember every chance you had to receive the gospel. Every person that witnessed the gospel to you. I mean, every, your mama or your grandmother or your aunt. Every time somebody invited you to church and you wouldn't come. I mean, you're going to remember the time you came to church and hardened your heart and walked yourself out of here strutting like a peacock. You're going to remember all of those times. And you know what? It's going to go over and over. Every opportunity you had to receive Christ will be replayed like a broken record. And yet you can't do nothing about your condition. A place of memory, memory, a perpetual memory and remorse. Number seven, hell is a place of misery and pain. Luke 16, 23a, and being in torment in Hades. 24B, for I am tormented in this flame. 25B says, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Verse 28 of that text says, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Don't you fool yourself. It ain't cool down there. You with the worst company down there. The devil's there. False prophets there. The Antichrist will be there. Oh, 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 listen, doc, I mean, it's, it's miserable and it's hot. It's past hot. The heat of the fire from this world does not, it pales in comparison, in comparison to the fires of hell. That's hot. Now, you know that you have been in a fur, near a furnace. It's hot. Number eight, hell is a place of eternal separation from God and his children, the saints. Any hope of deliverance is forever gone. It's forever gone. Luke 16, 26 says, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great guff fix so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. A place of misery, a place of separation from God and no hope of deliverance forever separated from God. Let me tell you something about hell. Hell is a permanent, irreversible separation from God. No escape in hell. No plea bargains in hell. No bonds in hell. No jailbreaks in hell. No relief in hell. No rest in hell. No light in hell. No parole in hell. No way out in hell. Eternally separated from Jesus and all Christians forever. That's horrible, folks. It is absolutely horrible. I'm going to tell you something about hell. Hell, number nine, hell is a place originally prepared for Satan and his angels. Man goes there as an uninvited guest. Hell is a place originally prepared for Satan and his angels. 
Man goes there as an uninvited guest because of rejecting the love of God. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And so be it known uh, to you, you join Satan and his demons as uninvited guests. Oh, just because man says there is no hell does not make it true. Well, I say it's no hell. Well, that doesn't make it true. It's still a fact. It's real. In the San Antonio Express News dated Saturday, July 31st, 1999, there was a headline that read, Pope says hell is self-inflicted, unquote. The article went on to say that Pope John Paul II, addressing pilgrims attending his weekly general general audience, said Wednesday that hell is not a reality and eternal damnation is a self-inflicted punishment. He said hell is not a punishment imposed externally by God, but the condition resulting from attitudes and actions which people adopt in this life. Now, doesn't that sound cute? It is the ultimate consequence of of sin itself, a self-inflicted punishment. Well, let's get more recent. More recently, in 2006, in an interview on Dateline NBC, a prominent pastor said the following, and I quote, clear as a bell, he heard, listen to this, heard God telling him to preach this new message. Now, heard God. He didn't hear God. He heard the devil. New message, God said, if you come preaching any other gospel, let him be what? A curse. So it's no new message. One revelation, same. That, and he said, I got this new message. I heard God that hell is a place in life and that after death, everybody is redeemed. Everybody, he says. He then started preaching to his congregation the message of inclusion and told them, quote, hell doesn't exist in the way the church has taught, and that all people will eventually be united with God. He falsely teaches that sincere people who do not directly acknowledge Christ, such as Muslims and Hindus, Buddhists and Unitarians, and so forth, will go to heaven, he says. And he is still preaching that same message from the pulpit and through his website. I'd get out there as fast as I could. I mean, that's a damnable message, and he will go to hell unless he repents. Let me tell you something. The lake of fire is the final destination of hell. Revelation 20, 14, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire is the final destination of hell. The lake of fire is indescribably hot and eternal. For Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, The devil who deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. It is the place of eternal punishment, continuous unrelieved torment for Satan, fallen demonic angel, as well as unredeemed men, women, boys, and girls who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, but not the least, I'll not leave you, leave you hanging, Who's going to hell? That's what we need to know. Who's going there? 
The Bible tells you all over who's going to hell, and I don't want you to misunderstand who's going to hell. Proverbs chapter 6 says who's going to hell. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and run into evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. You know, in the church, this sowing discord in the church, those go to hell. First Corinthians chapter six, verses verses nine and ten tells you who's going to hell. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, those who worship idols, nor adulterers, those who mess around on their wives and husbands, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, uh, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 tells you who's going to hell. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you before, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Who's going to hell? In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Revelation 21, 8. It says, but the cowardly, those who are afraid to name the name of Jesus, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, the sorcerers and the psychics, idolaters, and all liars, you're going around here lying on folk, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstones, which is the second death. Y'all, this is something. Number six, for those who trust the Lord Jesus, there will be a great shout. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We who are in Christ from this great salvation will be waiting on a great shout. Oh, my God, it's going to be something when God shouts. (laughs) I mean, you know what? The amazing part of when he shouts, the ungodly is not going to hear. It's going to be only those who have been washed with the blood of the lamb. Now, I don't know how he's going to shout. He might get sweet with his shout. He might just say, come now, my sweet and lovely ones. Uh, he might just get so happy, he won't let, I don't want to make statement. He might just say, come forth, my God. But he's going to shout. And his voice is going to thunder back into the dawns of human history. And all those who have trusted him by faith, Adam got to get up. Eve got to get up. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob got to get up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John got to get up. Mahalia, Jackson got to get up. Martin Luther King got to get up. All the saints, my grandma Lula got to get up. My grandma Emma got to get up. My, you got some kinfolk out there. They going to get up at the sound of the shout. Wake up the righteous dead. When Jesus come, he ain't coming to earth because the earth is too tainted. He's going to stop in the middle of the air. He's going to park the clouds and say, I ain't coming down there. You come up here. Hey! 
anchors on the glory and we'll be around the throne of God rejoicing with God and the saints of all the ages every tongue, every nation, every race those who have been born again by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Will you be there? Oh, you're not will you be there? Will you be there? And when we get there, that's going to be a great reunion. Not a reunion every year, not a once a year reunion, not a twice a year reunion, not a every three year reunion. It's going to be an everyday reunion (laughs) with the people of God around the throne of God. Every day will be Sunday. Sabbath won't have an end. The wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. Always howdy, howdy. Never goodbye. Hope to see you there. Where all the saints going to be. I'm going to shake hands with the elders. Will you be there? Will you be there? Will you be there? Jesus will be there. God will be there. The spirit will be there. No more death. No more cancer. No more chemo. No more radiation. No more medicine. No more arthritis. No more high blood pressure. Throw my glasses away. Won't have to change clothes. Because I'll be clouded with the righteousness of God. Will you be there when the saints go marching in? All God's children around God's throne will be there. All God's children's head. Amen. Hey! When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound for me on that bright and cloudless morn his face I shall see when the saved of the earth shall be gathered in the air when the roll when the roll when the roll when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there. And all God's children said, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message on a great salvation. Oh, God. And Father, we thank you for providing this great salvation that we don't deserve. Thank you, Father, for your shed blood. As Pastor Rander concludes this series, let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice freely given for our salvation through never-ending praise, obedience to his word, belief in his birth, burial and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.